Championships Day 2, should have backed it style. Uh, welcome back. Under extreme levels of duress, varying levels of duress, we've got our two stars of the show, Chris Venuccio, the racing editor from News Corp. Chris, how are you going? Hello, John. I'm going okay, considering, and it wouldn't be the championships if, it, if there wasn't any wet weather and wet tracks. I don't think we can dispute that at all. Our punting expert this week, Philip, how are you, Philip Georgios? Going well, John, and yeah, get get better soon there, Big V, but uh, hoping for a little bit more luck this week on the punt, John. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll start where we always do with our should have backed it and should have sacked it. Phil, I might go to you first to mix it up. Yeah, this is probably the easiest should have backed it I've ever had on this show, and that was Mr. Brightside in the Doncaster. I'm not actually sure why I didn't um, want to get on Mr. Brightside. It had all the form, obviously, the All-Star Mile, had won the race last year, looked well in, pretty well in on the weights, and yeah, won it again and, and didn't win it convincingly, but yeah, I, I was pretty disappointed to miss out on Mr. Brightside, given uh, it was probably a pretty obvious pick in the end, um, but hindsight is wonderful, as we all know. Um, I should have sacked it. Uh, I'll go to Pericles in the derby. Um, once the rain hit, uh, and we'll talk about this later, this was definitely a watch race, and um yeah, I went in with very low confidence, and that low confidence was justified. It just never got into the race and probably just should have stayed out of that one. And Chris, you should have backed it and should have sacked well, it. Well, I'm going to go all the way to Perth for my should have backed it with Amelia's Jewel. I thought that, in hindsight, that was a pretty easy get out, which I, I needed and I probably should have jumped on because my should have sacked it, I'm going to make Opal Ridge in the last race. At Randwick, I think the, with the way that the track was playing, it was very hard to make up ground, and and Opal Ridge looked uh, poisonous at the at the odds. Now it was a stacked, loaded card at Randwick last weekend, so we'll focus our attention there, Roma Cup aside. Uh, one by one, we'll start with the uh, probably well, what you gents call the biggest race of the weekend, the TJ Smith, the Group One Wait for Age race over twelve hundred meters. One from the back by I Wish I Win. I'll get your respective thoughts. We'll start with you, Phil. I'm glad you threw to me first, John, because this is the only race I backed a winner in the whole weekend. So I'm glad we've started with the TJ. And yeah, I Wish I Win. What a what a win by I Wish I Win. Uh, it's come from from last, gone past Giga Kick, which which was a early week favourite. And yeah, um, just a startling burst of speed, particularly in the conditions. And not many horses were winning from the back, let alone where it was sitting in the running. And I just can't imagine what it would have done if it was a good track because that was um, just about as good a win as you've seen. And the connections have made the point in the past that it doesn't really handle the wet. Well, I think it can handle all conditions if it could handle Randwick last week. So fantastic run. Um, obviously, Giga Kick ran really well for, for second there. And um, a few people potted Nature Strip, but I thought that was a pretty gallant effort on pace and finishing fourth there in... Uh, in the in the TJ, when I was with Giga Kick in the TJ Smith, and I thought he had that race won. I wish I win. I I rate him highly. I was on him in the new market, but yeah, the info I had been getting was that you know wet track would be a risk for him, and I was just stunned by how he won, particularly on that track because I think the track was heavier than what we thought it was. It, it was definitely a heavy ten, even maybe worse. Now, Chris, in the case of those two uh, 
horses you mentioned there, Giga Kick and I Wish I Win. They're both geldings, which means we should get them for a while. Are you looking forward to some wait-for-age battles between those horses in years to come? Oh, no doubt. I think the you know, Giga Kick being a, a three-year-old, we've got a good couple of years of seeing him. Hopefully no injuries, nothing like that, touch wood. So I think we're going to see some great battles and maybe even in two weeks' time or next week in the all-age, I know Giga Kick is probably going to go there and, you know, maybe I wish I win. So, yeah, let's see if they line up in the all-age. We'll inch our way up in distance. This time the Doncaster Mile, formerly the Doncaster Handicap, won this on this occasion by Mr Brightside, the entire trifecta, if I'm not mistaken, ran in the All-Star Mile down in Melbourne two weeks earlier. Uh, Phil, we'll go back to you. What did you think of this race? Well, it was another win for the Victorians, which was a great thing. But, yeah, I mean, I mentioned Mr Brightside was the obvious in my should have backed it, so I won't dwell on that point. But I think this is a race where you really maybe saw the conditions play out a little bit as well, John. I think if you look past Mr Brightside... Uh, you could get any odds, the horses that kind of finished second through sixth. And, you know, there were other horses in it like Fangirl who just didn't handle the conditions, as uh, who got you that kind of didn't kick once it hit the straight. And a couple other uh, horses you could definitely put in the forgive file. So, yeah, look, it's always a great race. Uh, it was a great finish as well. My Oberon really did give Mr. Brightside a run for his money right in the concluding stages. And I actually thought might have just got there. But, yeah, Mr. Brightside... Um, Really, you know, top top echelon horse now, and had a good bit of fight just to, to hold it off. Yeah, and you could probably add Alligator Blood as well as not handling the conditions. He's going for a spell, won't go to the Brisbane Winter Carnival, and you stole my thunder there, John. Yeah, with the the trifecta coming from the All Star Mile. Who said that race was um, you know a poor race? Looking at the field, it it's turned out to be a good form race in the end, and. Yeah, Mr. Brightside was a, an outstanding winner. I, I was with Fangirl. I just thought that Animo 4 might have been you know, good enough. But, yeah, I agree with Phil. Probably didn't handle the, the wet conditions. And, yeah, not much more to add from the, from the Doncaster from me. Look, it's probably a conversation for another day, but it will be interesting to see how Victoria goes about scheduling the All-Star Mile in future because clearly if they place it exactly two weeks before the Doncaster, they're going to get horses aimed at the Doncaster. Notwithstanding, they run in different directions and there's a weight, uh, there's a difference in the weight scale. Clearly, it's worked well for the horses that ran at Mooney Valley this year to go straight up into, uh, into the Doncaster and Randwick. Uh, the other big group one, and there were a few, but the other big one was the Derby in Sydney. And this one was won by Major Beal at $41. I'm guessing neither of you guys were on that one. Uh, yeah, what did, you, what did you take out of the race? Uh, and, and, and obviously, we've got to layer this with the, with the track conditions, Phil. But uh, what did you see in this one? I saw a horse at about 50 to 1 blitzing, uh, blitzing a field, John. And, yeah, I mean... At, by this stage of the day, um, I was kind of sticking a little bit away from the punt because it just became clear that the track conditions weren't going to be playing too favourably for, for punters and for watchers. So it was a bit of a watch race, although, as I said earlier, I did have my should have sacked it in the race. But nothing really changed in running. Kind of the, the field ended where they started. A rank outsider won. Good on them. 
great group one to get but yeah i think if you run that race on a dry track you might have got a bit of a different result so yeah you can't knock the winner they they, they did it but yeah i'm not sure what i'd really take out of that race moving forward to be honest yeah the top two in the race major bill and virtuous circle have got that heavy track form and you look at the pericles who was the second favorite i had my doubts about him running out the distance and it was going to make it a lot harder in those conditions as well all right thank you for that boys now there was one other group one raced on the day uh it was a hard watch anywhere in the country to pick a horse that would win last weekend i think there were a lot of uh a lot of quadrellas everywhere that were paying four figures and juicy figures everywhere uh However, my one winner of the weekend happened to be militarised in the English size. So I've got to ask you guys about that. That one paid $41. So that meant that I was sleeping comfortably after that. What did you make of that race? I'm flipping it back on you, John. What did you make of that race, mate? Tell us more about why did you pick militarised? And, uh, yeah, I, I look, I was on a cylinder. I did, I, you know, again, with the track conditions, I'm not taking too much out of that. So I'm interested in how you jumped onto that horse and uh, what you made of it. I always had the view that the horses to look for in the size were not going to be the ones that were the big names in the slipper. Now, Militarise actually did run in the slipper. It was the first emergency, and it got skittled very early because learning to fly uh, lost Chad Schofield. The jockey fell off the horse, and there were a couple of horses that were uh, knocked out of the contention in the slipper as a result. I don't think Militarise should have run in the slipper to begin with, but I always thought, with the uh, Dundee bloodline, it would be a good chance in those later two-year-old races. And so it proved and it had the magic man, Hal Marrera, on board. So, look, I think there's a lot of potluck in the fact that I won, but when they pay $41, you don't care. Chris, did you see the race? Yes, I did, and I, I couldn't have militarised, so good on you for finding it. And, you know, rationale was, is pretty sound there. But it was $101 in the slipper, so, you know, not very often that, Horses that start at $101 go on and win next start. So that was a good find by you. All right. What I do want to get from you guys, we'll go to our issues of the week. And there's really only one issue to discuss. We saw a lot of big price winners last weekend. Now, Sydney had a horrendous bout of rain right on the day. Any rain that falls on the day is different to rain that falls during the week. It has a different kind of impact on the track. This isn't a Sydney bashing session. We've seen some pretty wet days in big carnivals down in Melbourne. The 2019 Derby Day comes to mind. And Phil, I don't think you and I will ever forget the 2010 Melbourne Cup Day or the 2010 Derby Day. So it does happen everywhere. It's not a comment on Sydney, but I do want to get a view from our experts. What do we take out of a day like last week? Because... There were some huge winners, obviously Major Beal, Militarised, some other winners on the card. Do we read into that, that it's purely the weather that has completely randomised everything? Or is there a factor that's attributable to the big fields and the fact that everyone's shooting for the grand final on the same day? Phil, I'll start with you. I'll get your view on this topic. Yeah, I might have given away my response a little bit with some of my comments around those group ones there, John. But yeah, um, I think, as you said, when there's rain on the day, it is different to when it's raining throughout the week. And I think it had been quite dry in Sydney. So getting that, I think they got 10 mils on the day. doesn't seem like a huge amount, but it does make a huge difference. And it clearly was a heavy, heavy track. I think I heard jockeys saying or someone mentioning that it actually was more like a heavy 10 and early in the day as well. So 
I honestly think that day you can basically throw form out the door. I know there's big fields and it's, um, you know, they're grand finals, but there was a lot of exposed form in the, across the fields that day. And, you know, the, the results didn't line up with what we'd seen previously on good tracks and other situations. So I actually do think you can basically forgive most of the horses that ran. You basically have to throw out the form guide. You can do things like look for heavy, you know, horses that, like heavy tracks but even in that case i think the conditions and sometimes when there's surface water or you know when it's that really you know day uh, raining on the day it's it's a different kind of heavy and you mentioned melbourne flemington drains like you never believe it like i think we had a melbourne cup a few years ago where there was a huge downpour but by the cup we're back to a soft track like it's an unbelievable track flemington and i don't think randwick is quite in that space, and I'm not knocking it, but it's just it's just fact. So um, yeah, we've seen this for a number of years now. It's really challenging, and when you do see that that rain and you see those heavy tracks in Sydney, I'm starting to just stay, stay away, to be honest, because it's just it's just a lottery. I think there was also a bit of surprise by what the track rating was at the start of the day before the rain started to hit. I think it was a, a bit wetter than what it was uh, what they thought it. it it should have been and whether you know the track was watered you know, during the week and, and if it was you you run that risk when you do get rain on the day that the track is wetter than what it could have been so instead of racing on a soft you're on you're in the heavy range and that 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 has an impact on what the track conditions are but it's one thing also to try and find horses that handle the heavy track but the way Randwick was playing that day, it was very hard to make up ground with the exception, as we saw with I Wish I Win. And that sort of swayed me to, to back Opal Ridge in the, in the last because uh, it, it had that heavy track form. But unfortunately, it just got a bit too far back in the run and couldn't make up that ground. Look at the true, the true bog trackers like your Stockmans and your Shelby 66s. I know not necessarily... Um you know, in their right class in some circumstances there, but they weren't getting through it as well as you'd expect either. So I think it, I think it was a really challenging one, John. Well, we'll look ahead to Championships Day 2. Uh, I will get your view first up, boys. Just to me, it doesn't quite feel like the same calibre we had on Day 1. Uh, I'll get a comment from each of you on that, and then uh, I'll get you to tell us your tips for the Queen Elizabeth and uh, any of the other group ones that jump out at you. Phil, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right, John. I think the the day one of the championships probably has a little bit more appeal for me, I think, with the TJ and the Doncaster in particular. Um, but we do have the Queen Elizabeth um, coming up on Saturday and we've got um, a fantastic... What's well, built, anyway, as a two-horse race into that with Animo and um, Dubai Honour going head-to-head there. So I think it'll still be a fantastic day. We've got a really good support card around those group ones as well. But yeah, it just drops off slightly for me um, on the second day of the championships. I'll go through quickly some of my thoughts around some um, the main races there. In the Queen Elizabeth, I've been tossing up who I like. I mean, it's hard to go against Animo, but the win of Dubai Honour and how it beats some of those horses that Animo has gene just getting over the line against has me leaning towards it in that race. I would love to see Animo win, though, so I won't be at all disappointed if that's the case. But at this stage, Dubai Honour, I think, is the pick of those two. Um, 
Weather conditions will be a big factor again, John. So if it's dry in the, for the Queen of the Turf, I'd love to have another go at Fangirl, but that seems unlikely. So Sierra Miss, I'll get that right, has the form, I think, to win that race. And, gee, I like Hinged at the odds um, and at $18, but it's absolutely drawn the car park. I think it's actually drawn barrier 20. But, gee, if it had drawn a barrier, Hinged would right be there in my conversation. Um, for the Sydney Cup, we've got, the return of the, uh, well, not the return, but um, we've got the Melbourne Cup winner in it, so that always adds a bit of spice to the Sydney Cup. At eight dollars, I probably will have a little look at it, but I quite like a, a maid at thirty-one dollars. Had a shocking run in the Adelaide Cup, still kicked on well. Is a genuine thirty-two hundred meter horse, so at thirty-one dollars, um, that'll pay for your holiday next week, Big V. Well, I better get on then, and uh, yeah, I need to uh, get a few dollars to to pay for this trip I'm going to next week. But I, I'm i going to go against you in the Queen Elizabeth. I'll, I'll stick with Animo. For me, it's a, a no-bet race. I think just enjoy it because, you know, Animo and Dubai Honor, you know, they're, they're around the same price. So you're not really, you know, getting an edge on you know, to pick one way or the other. No, but I, I just think even though Animo's just been winning, I think if he needs to... to pull something out. I think he's got that in him and I think it's going to be a, a great battle uh, between the two. And I think even, I mean, it makes it hard just trying to find who's going to fill in that, you know, that third spot. But I think Zyrek was pretty good last start. So he might be, you know, the one that can provide a surprise. And the the Oaks, I think it's between the, the top two in saddlecloth order the New Zealander, Penny Weaker and Pavitra. I think it just depends on what the track conditions are because I like Pavitra in this race, but I think it's got to be no worse than a soft six maybe for for her in the Oaks. And I, I think the, the other two races, the, the Sydney Cup and the Queen of the Turf, are pretty tough. Um, Roots was a good winner last start, but I think he need, uh, she needs a, a dry track. And I'm um, with you with um, Cyrileo Miss. She's just been outstanding her past two starts. and you know, But I think, you know, it all comes down to, to track conditions. And our final furlong this week, gents, we will go down memory lane one more time. This week, the focus will be the Queen Elizabeth. I'll give you mine just to get your juices flowing. Uh, I was at Championships day one, sorry, day two, the very first year of the championships in 2014. It's a done deal, which a horse that had been very kind to me over the years got up on the day in the Arrowfield colours, uh, followed its progeny very closely over the years. That was lucrative for me last weekend with Militarise on top of Super Seth and Castel Vecchio going back. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have made of the Queen Elizabeth in years past. We'll start with you this time, Chris. Well, I remember Lucia Valentina's win in 2016 and to come from last, she just made the opposition look like they were just walking the way she just got that, she got that gap and just zipped right through and, and won pretty convincingly. So I thought that was just a, an outstanding win. Uh, there's plenty to choose from when it comes to the Queen Elizabeth. Even in recent times, we saw Winks do it three times in a row and a day versus very elegant in recent times, but I'm going back to 2004 
Um, so Lonro was one of my favourite horses uh, of all time and certainly was at the time. He did one the 2003 Queen Elizabeth for memory and went into the 2004 race as a hot favourite off the back of a number of um, big wins. Um, it didn't end up winning it. It was its last career start and I think Grand Army from memory went off and beat it by about six lengths but it does stand out in the memory bank watching that race and seeing Lonroe in its last start uh, in the Queen Elizabeth. Gentlemen, once again, thank you for joining us this week. Next week will be a special episode. We'll wrap up the Randwick Carnival with the all-age stakes and the champagne stakes. And I think it might be quokka time over in the West. Until then, what do we say, Phil? Good luck on the punt and gamble responsibly. <laughs>